Hello and welcome to another episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. Today we have 2nd District Councilwoman Kim Gray with us to discuss her first two years on City Council and what the future holds for her district and the city as she begins the next two years of her term. Also, we have speeches from the March for More on December 8th, where students, parents, teachers, and city leaders marched from MLK Middle to the State Capitol to demand the General Assembly of Virginia fully fund the true cost of education. Stick with us. All right, listeners, welcome to another week of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. Mania, 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 mania. Y'all were a little slow with that. Wake up, wake up, wake up. It's too hot in here. It's so warm. <laughs> it is a little steamy. It is a little steamy. It's probably because I'm so hot because it's my birthday. Happy Bye-bye. birthday, Fran. Happy birthday to you. Hey. Yeah. Happy birthday, Fran. Thank Yay. you. You guys can uh, wish me happy birthday by calling the station and donating a dollar to uh, the fund. Thank you. Francesca. Happy birthday. Francesca. Happy birthday. So today we have a guest. We have the Honorable Councilwoman. Kim Gray with us today. Of the second district. Welcome. I, see, I wouldn't have said all that, but yeah. See? I'm just Kim. <laughs> I'm just Kim. <laughs> and former Richmond Public School School Board member of the yeah, second district. Yeah. Eight years. And I say it's like dog years. Oh, gosh. And I believe infamous in Denmark. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love me in Denmark. Denmark famous. <laughs> Uh-oh, it's an alarm. That means it's time to... Um, I got That it. was just the truth detector. I'm not really that loved and famous in Denmark, <laughs> but we like to say that I am. Darn, you figured out every my, my time lie detector. I, every time I tell a, a fib, <laughs> that thing is going to go off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Wait, so was that, was that the anymore. 2012 election for... That that happened because so basically what happened was that your signs in one of your campaigns were resembling Obama's. That was two thousand eight. Two thousand eight. Okay. And then they followed me around for a couple of days, and then in two thousand twelve again, they actually asked me to do some predictions and commentary on the two thousand twelve election. And they said, "Well, we're going to send someone to pick you up." They sent a limo to my house. Oh my gosh! Whoa! Drove me to Washington D.C. The date in really? front of the White House. I yes. did my little commentary, and I predicted everything like down to the very little tiny percentages and I knew what was going on in Ohio because I was really volunteering hard for Obama so I was getting intel on the ground and we'd have volunteers and workers that shifted between Ohio and Virginia and so I sounded really knowledgeable and smart and in 2008 I was like (laughs) Virginia is going to deliver the first black president we delivered the first black elected governor and we're going to make history again this time and then they were with me at the hat factory when they called it CNN called when he won Virginia and then they said he had won the election so I looked really smart political uh, commentator in Denmark uh-huh. always an opportunity yeah <laughs> but they were both very hot and I think you know my daughter pointed out these two guys it was like seven after almost seven o'clock I still had hundreds of signs left over in my house that I didn't get out so it wasn't a big deal that they were taking my sign I just ta- saw two kind of good looking guys so I was like capitalized hey, on that opportunity. what are you doing that's my son yeah <laughs> oh, that, that's, a, that's a great Rasmus was was the reporter's name and my friend texted me, Rasmus is hotmus. 
<laughs> doesn't know any of this stuff, so oh, this doesn't make it to Denmark. Well, if it goes we'll viral to Denmark. We'll make sure that it, it gets to, to Denmark Rasmus. for you. <laughs> for Rasmus. And then they came back again a th- the third time. Oh, and, wow. And I was not as accurate, but this was before all the, the Hillary um, emails and all that scandal came out. Mm-hmm. But I thought it was going to be very, very close, but I thought that Hillary would eke out a win, which I think she would have had that not. Well, you probably didn't expect Russian interference in our elections. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't bet on that. <laughs> Most don't. So I would yeah. have been. I would have been right had it not been for those meddling Russians. Meddling Russians. <laughs> Blasted meddling kids. If you could tell us a little bit about the uh, the second district and the area that you represent, and give sure. people kind of a quick overview of maybe even what what are the needs and challenges of the th- second district. Right. So the second district is a microcosm of the city. Um, we have a lot of, we have two worlds. We have the wealthiest residents and we have the residents most in need. Um, the district has gotten smaller in 2010 um, with the redistricting because VCU is growing so rapidly. Um, the voting population grew and and the district got geographically smaller. So I used to represent Gilpin Court, and I still do to a large degree because the students from Gilpin Court attend Carver Elementary, which is in the second district. So they're still mine. I represent Fox Elementary um, and the alternative school as far as the schools in the district go. The second district encompasses um, the FAN, Scott's Edition, which is booming, um, Jackson Ward Carver, lots of lots of fun areas. Part of the museum district. I have Northside Rosedale, Laburnum Park, which is part of Ginner Park. So yeah, yeah, it's an interesting district. Uh, every so often, like I'll district? encounter somewhere, and I'm like, wait, I'm in the second district now. I know my first go round. I like forgot that one side of Floyd. So I go to Main Street in a certain section, and I I was on a you know good go of it, knocking doors and putting my stuff out, and I was ended up on the wrong side of Floyd Avenue in the wrong <laughs> blocks, and I was asking people to vote for me and then I was like oh my god and so I was so then I was trying to regroup because you you worry about everything and you know when you're running uh, in a campaign so I was like these people are gonna say I'm an idiot this is gonna be because I don't even know the district and so you know in the course of trying to go and pull uh, my door hangers off of people's <laughs> doors people would uh, and you know they don't open yeah. their door when you're first knocking they come a few minutes later when they think you've you know you're yeah, gone left. so um, like, i'm just taking this back just taking this back no worries <laughs> yeah <laughs> well people don't realize it's really easy to get lost between these districts it like, is i live in this one place where it's right at like west lancaster i want to say on two or three blocks of it oh no it's fendel two or three blocks of fendel on one side is the six on the other side it's the third, third. yeah and you're sitting here like i don't even know how this is reality and then i live right over by there and then Actually, like where I go to CrossFit, which is not even a mile away, is the second, in the second district. district. Yeah, yeah. and then and then Gloucester, the dividing line in Laburnum Park. One side is the third district, the other side is the second district. So it gets very confusing, and then people don't know who their people are. So I get calls from all over the place. It's the south side calls that crack me up. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. How did you get here? <laughs> How did they get to you? I don't know. I think they see my name and, you know, they know that I'm pretty famous in Denmark. So, so that's why. I'm going to go get her. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're like, name recognition. I'm going to call that one. <laughs> that's what well, it I think is. That is something that's defined you uh, an, on school board and on city council is you're one of the, the elected officials that is consistently willing to go on camera with uh, media. Uh, so I was wondering, why do you make that intentional? I think it's intentional decision probably to kind of be that person. Well, I think a lot of people have um, crude names for folks who go on camera all the time. And I try, I, you know, I've, I've tried it multiple ways and people tell me they're, they're, you know, I've had some powerful people tell me if you want to get ahead, um, stay quiet and be a quiet leader and mm-hmm. you don't need to have opinions about everything. But I think as part of our democratic process, it's important for us to engage with the public and I consider members of the media an important I mean the key piece to that and as as we see all of the newspapers are going away and and TV and radio stations are being bought up and you know we'll have two major TV stations owned by one big corporation it's important to stay engaged and to stay out there in the public it's very scary for me I mean People think that, oh, you just love being out there. I hate it. To I hate to see my picture. I hate to hear my voice. It's like when you hear yourself on a recording. Mm-hmm. So I typically don't even follow up and watch the news or read the com- I definitely don't read the comments because if you believe the hype on the good side, then you have to believe all the bad stuff people are saying. Mm-hmm. So I just try to stay the course, um, stay connected with people on the ground and do my best every day. The comment section is a terrible, terrible place. People oh, say the meanest stuff. That comment stuff. section is like the pits of the earth. Oh, yeah. Well, I thought Twitter was bad, but Reddit? Oh, my God. Ah. Reddit is scary. RTD ah. comments are also. Yes. Yeah, I don't They're read right. any of that stuff. I just can't because I wouldn't leave the house, honestly. Mm. Yeah, it can be toxic. It can. It gets rough. And my kids kind of feel it, too. I mean, a couple of times I've I've been brought to tears from stuff that I've read about myself. <laughs> and I'm like, this is too much. I can't do it. I can't. But then, you know, you just try to push forward. I think that is something, I mean, I talk about this regularly with people, is the dehumanization that comes from really the social media side of things. Mm-hmm. And that's why I, I appreciate, you know, when we see you guys in council and all this stuff, it, I think it fosters a relationship to where, you know what, we, we can dissent, but at the same time, you guys are People. people and I think that there's a level of r- recognizing that that sometimes it's easy to forget that if you're on social media or online as your primary or sole existence as far as interacting and sometimes that debate because I think you can easily lose sight of the fact we're real people with families and you know and feelings and feelings but um you know it's par for the course it's what we signed up to do and I'm, I'm not saying I'm I should not ever be criticized I'm I'm here to take criticism but when it gets personal and when it gets you know especially if it's directed at any of my family or someone close to me that has nothing to do with anything I'm doing it 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 gets to be a little difficult of a pill to swallow but I think it's sort of like warfare if you can you know send a missile and never see the people you're blowing up from a distance and you can be anonymous with it it's it's a lot different than choking somebody out with your bare hands (laughs) well I mean that's a that's a a pretty accurate yeah. You know, analogy for it. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, speaking of difficult things, of course, so you know, you've transitioned from school board and city council has 
is always, let's be real, it's Richmond. It's always a challenge. <laughs> but it, what do you think that you've, I guess, learned or felt like maybe was the most difficult thing for you in the past so far you're halfway through, so the first two years? Well, it's never quite what anyone expects, obviously, when you get there. The hours are long. Um, the, the compliments are very few and far between. You oh. never hear hey, people are less likely to say you're doing a good job. They're they're much more likely to tell you when you're messing up. You suck! Like but Yelp it, reviews. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But it's really good to know um, where people are and to, to really work towards adjusting. Um, one of the things that is more difficult is, you know, even you can't escape it, even with like my mom, we were going to the beach and all I could hear about was some pothole she hit and how it needed to get fixed. And the never I'm like, well, did story you, of Richmond. Yeah, I'm like, did you call it in? Did you do anything? Well, no. And, you know, so she's <laughs> expecting me to follow up on. Free one one, mom. A pothole that she hit. And I'm like, oh, my God, I cannot for two hours hear about everything wrong with, you know, the city. And I don't mean to laugh, by the way. It's just it's funny because I, I sometimes will see that and get engaged on, on conversations with my friends. That's like, well, did you try this? How about this? Yeah. And so it's funny to hear like, you guys have the same exact experience. Yeah, I mean, I didn't tell her, so I hope she's not listening. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But um, you know, I was like, oh my god, I got to get out of this car. I was, and I think I was in the tunnel at the time, so we were almost there. But the whole time, I was hearing about issues, all and, the plights, and that's everywhere. And then sometimes, you know, I'm trying to, I'm always on a tight schedule. I'm running into Kroger to get a rotisserie chicken, which, uh, you know, we've eaten so many of those things, we're gonna turn into a rotisserie chicken, but. But they're really good. They are. And they're really economically yes. Great for feeding a family and you don't you don't feel as guilty. You know, they're not chicken nuggets. But thanks, people <laughs> Yeah, thanks. But people will stop you, you know, at every five feet to tell you either their dream you know, I had somebody say, Hey, I wanna open a childcare for blah 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 and hey, can you help me with this? And hey and I'm like, Yeah, just give me a call but people I came in here for a rotisserie chicken. I know. Well, you you can't do that. So people are less likely to, to pick up on those cues because they're in the moment and they get excited. And, you know, I kind of, I love it. It's it's good. It's, it's nice to be recognized and appreciated. But when you got to get kids, you know, to their destinations and shove some chicken in them before they get there, it's, it, it can be a challenge. <laughs> oh, for sure. I can definitely see that. <laughs> how I feel just trying to feed myself yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man so uh, there's a couple things I think that you've this year have brought and that this year and last year brought to council's attention on things and there's some of them that are still in process so I was even just thinking of updates on some of those items because I know some of them are still continued and of course like where else could we ask about Brook Road bike lanes oh yeah well we just got a stack of signatures so I think I think the issue and the concerns are more around the design and around what actually works and I think Franklin Street has done more to be a detriment to bike lanes than to help because it's pretty dangerous I mean it's hard to see bikes when you're making a turn and when you're and then people are like well the solution is no left turns and the solution is you know you got to look both ways I can tell people that a thousand times but we're trying to bring in new people to the city you know there's a hotel right there you've got people from out of town it's an unusual design for you know this floating parking thing so I've just seen too many issues I've seen more injuries post bike lane on Franklin than pre 
bike lane on Franklin, s- several have gone unreported, but the ones that we do know about, there's, there's been more. And then the, the hit and runs, you know, people turn in corners and hitting people's parked cars. If you're driving a larger vehicle, it is really difficult to make a, a turn. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just want to figure out how we can have the best of all of those things. I think they need to be designed in the proper context. We have an industrial area, Longbrook Road, where tractor trailers are backing up into bays every day. They have been doing that for 40, 50 years. And, you know, the owners of these businesses send emails and video and, you know, where these tractor trailers have to take two wheels up on the median just to make their sharp turn. And they're like, oh, that's no problem. They'll be fine. They can back in across between the parked cars and across the bike lane. And I'm like, you know, I'm a mom again at the end of the day. I want I want my kids to be safe out there in these bike lanes. I'm my daughter commutes every day to work on my bike that she says, I, well, I put hundreds of dollars into that bike. I'm like, well, so did I when I bought it for myself to ride. But um, yeah, it's it's more of a concern around design and context. I'm very pro bike infrastructure. As a matter of fact, I'm working very hard to to get the Scott's Edition bike lane in, which would take you from the Roseneath side of Scott's Edition, under the bridge, past the movie theater and the um, science museum, all the way to Whole Foods in a very safe way. And I'm really, really pushing for more rail trails because that's that way you're interacting a lot less with vehicles Cars. on your on your bike. Probably people's anxiety is that the way the, the ordinance is worded, that it feels like a hard stop. And I think that's probably people's concern. But the way, like, as you're talking now, it sounds like it might be more of a situation where looking at redesigning it and working towards that. And that's where well, that's there been, might be some movement. That's been my request all along. But there seems to be deaf ears on the part of the folks designing this. And they're like, no, it's this is what's safer. We have to buffer with parked cars. And, you know, I don't I don't know that that's safer and this design and typically when you have floating parking designs like this you have a center lane where an emergency vehicle can get around traffic or you know uh, if if there's an accident traffic can go around and you can get back into your lane but you've got a solid median you've got you'll have one lane of traffic you've got driveways residential and commercial. when you say like center lane i'm trying to imagine midlothian turnpike going down how it has kind of a, a, a turn a, a lane, turn lane a turn in lane. the center of it cars turning okay. either way okay. and that's that's where we see floating parking as a design and where it works that's how you get emergency vehicles to their destinations. I mean, I've seen ambulances sit through two and three cycles of a light on Franklin, literally. It's a concern. And then if, if a fire truck has to make a three-point turn, that's slowing down their response times tremendously. So, you know, it's there are lots of legitimate, solid concerns that I'm hearing from constituents and from people who work in the city every day that are going um, unanswered. So that's that's what I'm asking for, but they're not really willing to hear me on that. Plus, it's 1.3 million. We've got the Route 1 bike lane on Hermitage that I think should be shored up and secured better, and then we can cut over to Brook Road at some point. But the boulevard is key to the, the bike routes, and we've got infrastructure going in at the museum, the VMFA, for cyclists, not just commuters, but people traveling in and tourists you know, who are taking these longer um, bike routes. So I think that maybe we need to take another holistic look at it and take a bit of a step back and, and work with everybody in the community. I didn't 
participate in the bike master plan. I'm sorry, I just didn't. And I don't think a lot of people who weren't plugged into that network or group of folks knew about it. And that's where we're getting a lot of the pushback. It's a shock to people when they see Franklin Street go in. No, I mean, I think it's good to hear at least that it seems like it can be more of an open, reopen the master plan or or look at more things of how do we make it work for everybody. Because I think that there is room and there should be room to make sure that there's a compromise as far as getting something there. Because I hope so. I can see it. I, I think I can see both sides of the argument. It's course just figuring out how to yeah move forward and i know people it. are yeah. really angry on on the bike side because they've been waiting and they want the infrastructure there they don't feel safe out there but i want something that's going to actually be safer be safe. speaking of the boulevard i, I kind of already like my adhd so i already went on this, segue. this tangent though in my mind about that one hill that's really difficult it's to bike deadly. up oh it's just like it's so but cars can't too. see you so we're working on getting a path that goes under there and, and cuts over. You know, I just had a meeting last week on that. So it's it's a goal of mine to make sure that we shore that up. And we have it in segments, A, B, C, D. There are some private developers and the movie folks that we need to be having conversations with, and CSX is involved. But we've got everybody at the table. We've got some initial funding in place, and I'd love to see that happen because it's really hard to get around Scott's Edition right now, whether you're walking or in a car or otherwise. They are um, well above their parking capacity, especially on the weekends, they're at 130% capacity from the initial study. And um, it creates dangerous situations where there are no sight lines, cars are running stop signs, and, and they're near collisions all the time. And I'd love to see it become more accessible for people who have disabilities as well. Part of that, of course, now talking about the boulevard is renaming another oh, yeah. paper that you submitted <laughs> you had a meeting with it of course and there is some there are concerns of the local people there's also i think a, a good amount of support so that's going to be an issue that is developing still are there more meetings that are coming up for people to keep talking about it well it will come up before land use and i have um continued the paper because if i'd done it as a proclamation it would have required 90 days but as an ordinance it could have just been pushed forward and what i heard from people is that they felt they weren't engaged or talked to and i think people can disagree on a multitude of issues but what they don't want to see is that their electeds aren't engaging and listening to them so absolutely I think that's really important and um, gathering all the information finding out what the primary concerns are some of it is stationary some of it you know people said well we're going to have to go to the courthouse and change our address well we found that the the legal descriptions are always going to be the same the street name changes will transfer if you sell the property or if there's some kind of legal filing they'll update it but it's not necessary so there are several things that came up that we reached out to the appropriate agency or individuals to find out the the real answer the post office will recognize an address for two years after the actual address has changed Mm. Um, for me it's been a, a soul searching kind of venture. Um, This didn't come out of my head. It came from the family of Author Ash. They approached me and asked me if I would be willing to sponsor this legislation. Uh, There are two other council people who represent the boulevard, and that's Parker and 
Andreas, and um, we'll see how it goes. I, I would like to re-engage with the groups that I've met with and have a little bit of a longer conversation, and then it'll come back to land use in January. I think that's something that comes up so frequently is that people don't feel like they've been engaged. And that's something I always try to think of is how can we just generally across the city on so many meetings, because the calendar fills up with meetings. There's always oh, yeah. something. Half the time it's at 3 p.m. How, how can we, in general, where do you see improvement that people can make or that government can make as far as reaching out better on all projects for Richmonders? Well, I think that has to be the goal at the onset. I mean, for the boulevard, for instance, my expectation was that David Harris, the nephew of Arthur Ashe, I took him initially to the Scott's Edition Boulevard Association board meeting just to get a feel and we reached out to leadership along that corridor just to get an idea of where people were with it. And then we were going to go to each respective. We start at one end and work our way down to Bird Park, which I don't represent, but I thought, you know, I'll take them into my areas and then we'll branch out museum district and other areas. And it just so happened that he met with the board. They were all in. And then they said, well, come to our next general membership meeting, which had a couple of hundred people there at the Spark um, in their theater. And we happened to have news media uh, because there had been a shooting like the prior week before that meeting. So they were there to find out an update on the shooting that had happened. And they picked up on the story and it kind of spiraled out. And people heard about it on the news, which is unfortunate because I've always tried and prided myself in making sure that I'm engaging with folks before they see or hear about stuff but you know he was on the agenda he talked about his desire people there were very supportive and then we got a lot of pushback from folks who reside on the boulevard on the other side of Broad Street so we'll just have to see how things carry. I think another speaking of like community engagement is something else that you've submitted (laughs) Um, would be the the Navy Hill uh, Commission. Uh, is it commission? Yeah. And I thought commission is what we're calling it, or is it committee? It's an advisory commission. Um, what, the, what I envision the commission doing is um, giving us some solid advice. So um, it's not to kick the can or to defer our judgment to another body. It's so that we can have lawyers, um, people who put together financial deals, folks who are versed in large projects, arenas, and, you know, amusement parks, who can look at this stuff and say, this is a good deal for the city, this is a bad deal for the city, or hey, um, you could accomplish this with a district of this size, or you don't have to do X, Y, and Z, you could do A, B, and C, and it would you know, be a better outcome for the public because that's who I'm there to represent and serve. As I said, it doesn't have to be mutually exclusive from serving corporate interest or developers, but at first and foremost, I'm there to serve my constituents and the public. And we need to have as much transparency and information on these deals as possible. Some people think that that's a deal killer. They think that if you engage with the public um, too much and too early, that nothing can ever get done. Well, I don't I don't believe that to be the case. I think that the more information people have, the more informed they are, the more um, people can get around a vision, the better. We've got to be able to not have fear of transparency and we need to hold ourselves accountable. So, you know, I'm not always going to make decisions that everybody agrees with. I'm, I'm very strategic in what battles I choose and what battles I put off for another day. And some of the 
some of the strategies many people don't agree with or they think, you know, but at least you know that I'm genuine and, I, and I'm doing what I think is the best for the people I represent. I think something that's super important is to say the, the fear around public engagement stopping a project. Because my belief is that the more people that you have bought into this really speaks to the success of it on the back end. Right. I think so, too. Because I think if we're all committed to it and we've all bought into it, then we're going to be more apt to help, I think. Right. Um, especially along the way of as it gets up there and getting excited. And it's kind of always a, a downer when you hear people that it's every single project that we talk about. Someone brings up a stadium and I'm like, oh, here we go again. Yep. It, it's a sad place that we're in. I think it's unfortunate that Richmond's been in a place where we've been like historically burned <laughs> on every deal. And I would like us to be able to do something that we can win at. And I think that a piece of that is definitely getting as much community buy-in. Because um, I think that's something that we kind of lack when we do get so divisive on issues. And but. we tend to run the clock and then it's, 11th hour as council people we're put in a position that hey you're going to kill this great thing for the future of your city if you don't vote in favor of it but I need information and you know this this proposal came back in February so if we get it in January it'll be one entire year that the mayor and the administration have had it and been in negotiations and reviewed it. I haven't seen this proposal. I've seen reports on the proposal, but one one of the key things to point out is when you hire these consultants, they are they should be considered like an expert witness. If you're on trial, you're going to hire somebody who's going to say what you need them to say to support your innocence or your um, your position. So they're they're going to come back with a positive position on it, you know, and that's what concerns me. We need independent review. Um, what the administration suggested, oh, we can find you the money and you can get your independent third-party review. And they were very specific to say they would put out a request for quotes. And that means there's a pre-selected group of professionals that they already have in their procurement pocket. And those, it would be a firm from those pre-selected professionals. It would not be out for uh, RFP, which is proposals that come in off the street. These are professionals that are pre-selected that you ask for a quote. And for professional services, it doesn't go to the lowest bidder. It goes to whoever they decide or deem the most appropriate. So it would be the administration selecting from a pre-selected group of professionals to give us a report that they say would be then independent. And that, to me, isn't cutting it. I'm fine doing that in addition, um, but we've already spent a tremendous amount of money on reports, and and I'd, I'd like to hear from the people who will end up ultimately paying for this over the next 30 or so years. Second District Councilwoman Kim Gray, and you are listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIR LP 97.3 FM, Richmond Independent Radio.
the only way for council to be able to like issue a, a true RFP that goes out for public bid through having a, a commission designated or else does it have to go through the administration and that send out a quote kind of way? Everything. So there's a request for proposals and there's a request for quotes. Mm -hmm. So they were very specific that it would be an RFQ. A request for proposal takes a long time. So the RFQ would be a shortened time period because they've already qualified and pre-selected a group of firms that you can choose from. It's like if we wanted to buy paper clips. Um, you can buy them from Office Max, Office Max Depot, or Office Staples. Depot, or Staples. Yeah. So we already know the three entities that we can get paper clips from, and we'll put out a request for a quote. And in that instance, because it's a a good, not a service, not a professional service, you would go with the lowest bidder for those paper clips. For an RFQ on a professional service, it's a pre-selected group of firms, and you would go with whoever the procurement department deemed most appropriate to provide that service. And procurement falls under the administration. So we don't have our own procurement and arm in city council. We don't, you know, so it, right. would, it would be the administration making those calls and selections. As a matter of fact, we don't have any money appropriated for that. So it would be the mayor paying for it. Um, the mayor can amend the budget after the fact, but city council can't. So the mayor would have to put a budget amendment forward. Council would have to approve it. And then the mayor would put out the RFQ, pay for it, select the firm, pay for it. And then they'd be our so-called independent advisor. It's interesting. So in, in an environment where I think people are, are anxious about public input, I know there's a lot of people that are trying to publicly get involved. Do you have any ideas of ways that maybe people could get more involved community-wise or suggestions on it? I say come to the meetings. Um, make time if you can. Um, you can always email and call city council members and let them know. If you don't know enough, say that. Say we don't have enough information because I think a lot of the, the polls and questions that are going out there are, you know, it'd be like me calling you up to say, hey, would you like me to give you a million dollars? You know, and you'd say, yeah. But if I say, well, I need to take your right foot off and mm. you know maybe not so much maybe you wouldn't want that million dollars so you know if you don't if you're not afforded all of the information everybody you call that you ask if they'd like to have a million dollars might say yes but if they have to give up their firstborn or their right arm then we good yeah <laughs> i think it's all in having all of the information out there the ordinance that that is up for vote monday includes public hearings that all of council is um, expected or um, asked to attend. So there'd be four meetings and in the community, one in each part of the city where we're all expected to attend, you know, and I heard, oh, well, why not have nine meetings? Well, we know how difficult it is to get council together, and we meet a lot. We have tons of committee meetings, community meetings, and so the four meetings with all of council there, I think, would be very impactful to hear from the community, and, and we could, in real time, share information as we're getting it. As of yet, we still haven't seen this proposal. Without that proposal, it's hard to say up or down if it's good or bad. I want to read the papers. <laughs> I think we all do. Yeah. What kind of things are you looking for, like vision of the next two years? We've been talking to everybody in terms of the fact that this is a halfway point for you guys of the right. first term. So do you have any, like, what are your visions for the last two years of your first council term? Well, I think I think we, we push to a, a level of higher transparency. I hope that other, I hope that other council members will take the, take the lead and um, do more um, public speaking and engagement with the media. 
and uh, so that so that it doesn't appear that it's always just one or two of us on the news or talking with the press because I think I think we're all obligated to put ourselves out there and answer questions on the spot so I, that that's one thing I'd love to see more mm. personally I'm working on several projects with um, the VCU School of Education um, kind of keeping that under wraps until we can get some things moving but Ooh. it would have a great impact on the community um, as a whole and on Carver Elementary specifically. Um, I'm working with the students and staff at Franklin Military quietly and I'm working on several projects within the city to hopefully see some good things happen for our kids. Also just continuing to press in on those core city services. I think that, you know, the primary calls I've been getting about this Coliseum is take care of my roads, take care of my sidewalks, take care of my alleys, uh, take care of the children and the schools, and then we can talk. Also about the future of your district and the boulevard area, especially before this Navy Hill Coliseum bomb dropped on all of us back in the 2016 election and before we were all talking about stadiums and the diamond and what's going to happen around that area on the boulevard. Do you have any hopes, dreams, plans, ideas for that specific area to kind of generate revenue? I have lots of hopes, dreams, plans, desires. That area is booming. Um, Scott's Edition, when I go to those meetings, I feel so energized and and invigorated with the pioneers and the entrepreneurs and all the the great minds in our city. And they are they are willing to stake it all on us. And I think that and then you can also have the best beer, cider, from bourbon, vodka. We've got everything. We've got a meadery. Um, so I guess that helps. Which is the, great, by the way. Everybody. Yes, it helps the creative <laughs> juices. We've got some of the best restaurants. Um, so that area is ripe for development. I don't know what the status of that request for qualifications, and they were supposed to be putting out proposals. I know that the ABC warehouse was in play, so I'm thinking that that might have slowed things down a little bit. Just uh, that's that's critical um, in their grand schemes or plans on what will happen on the boulevard but nobody's really talking to me a whole lot well maybe they should be i think so i represent the area right right <laughs> get some talking going because there's some really good prime property over there right around the diamond and absolutely the abc warehouse that's over there that's just kind of sitting fallow you know yeah i never thought i would say this but um in a recent rtd editorial oh no <laughs> oh no what, what and the world just came I crashing just down wake up in <laughs> 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 but I mean, to, to, it was an interesting point that I really hadn't thought about was that city services had already been moved out of that area. So it was something that we were kind of thinking about, like, what did happen to that? Because that would be a it interesting just kind of source poofed. of revenue. Yeah, and everybody stopped talking about I it. I know. And now well, that we've got that this Coliseum thing going on, people aren't talking about it at all. And we need to be. We need to be. That is our. That is an anchor for us. It's city. a huge gateway into the city. And you've got the highways, and we got a Wawa. We got a Wawa. You can get free air in your tires. I mean, yes. that's to me is like, I will drive 
10 miles on a flat for free air. I mean, really. Come on, oh. I know. Whoa. <laughs> I'll go far for something free. I will, I, too. I can relate. I also like it because it, it, it would also help diversify the businesses of that area. There's Absolutely. so many entrepreneurs where, you know, the one fear I think that all of us have with the, with the Scott's Edition or having anything that has, like, a big boom at once is the sustainability of it. And right. they are such strong entrepreneurs, I think, that us being able to support them as a city with, if there is city-owned land and development opportunities, being able to expand and diversify. I also feel like it'd be a lot less controversial. I think well, so. Until you think say stadium. Until you say stadium. But I didn't say that I wanted a new stadium. Well, I'm I, just saying. Eh, I think eh, the prime people are real already there. there. The squirrels yeah. are killing it. They are. They do. I right? mean, they really are. And, you know, even though I broke up with Nutsy. That's a whole nother story we'll have to talk about Oh, later. no. Yeah. Heartbreak Nutsy, Nutsy took out a restraining order on me, and I didn't appreciate it. Oh, but no. Was it Nutsy or was it Natasha? Natasha. Who was really Natasha's really his sister. I oh. I wasn't sure when I, when she showed up on the scene, but she didn't like me very much. So I think she did have a hand in that. Ooh. <laughs> now we're getting some real dirt. Now, I actually <laughs> would tell my kids because Nutsy would always come up and, like, hug on me and stuff at the games. It's so much fun to go to a squirrels game, mm-hmm. even if they're not winning. They're um, one of the best teams I've been to for crowd engagement. Fan service. The it's fans huge. are amazing. The so games that they play and the sock races. So that was a little um, thing I had going with my kids that I was secretly dating Nutsy, and that's why that's he was hilarious. always coming over saying hi. Yeah, and that, but he had so many women on him that it really wasn't going to work out. <laughs> so then I'll take it to another level. You know, I always have to top the story with the restraining order and man and all he left you with a restraining order and an egg roll and po bobblehead yeah ah. <laughs> that's an excellent bobblehead hey i love what they're doing on the boulevard well they're one of the, the highest i believe attendance teams in their league too which is yeah. people go to the games yes they like do. They do. Well, also, there's fireworks. My son loves and, I mean, it. I believe they actually like own their they own, own the company, fireworks. so she can have it yeah. so frequently. And like, it's yeah. I love. I do see that area is um, a big boom. No pun intended with the the fireworks. But uh, if you read the proposal that the HQ two Amazon proposal, it included a lot of. I mean, basically, just hand over the boulevard for Amazon to come. I'm glad they. I'm almost glad they didn't come. Uh, should maybe shouldn't say that too loud. Well, I mean, at least they wouldn't come in and rename our entire city at <laughs> whatever they wanted to name it. So. Yeah, sorry, true. Crystal City. That's this true. Is your lot in life now. Uh, no. <laughs> but I'm fine without Amazon. <laughs> That's just my personal opinion. But if you read that proposal, it it had a lot of boulevard stuff in it and nobody ever said a word to me about that either but wow hey hey by the way kim gray is your elected representative (laughs) in that area maybe you should do some talking to her i I hope so thank you for coming on by the way i really appreciate it i've enjoyed our conversation this is great (laughs) thank you so much for coming yeah but i just kind of wanted to give you an opportunity if there's anything that you know you want to last words or things you want to tell people about or talk about that you have coming up so Monday the 17th is our rescheduled council meeting. We will be having, I'm sure, a, a huge turnout and debate around whether or not council should utilize a citizen's advisory commission um, to help give us more information on this proposal that um, we still haven't seen yet. Um, I hope that people can come out and speak in support of it. It is not for council to just hand off the responsibility. The buck still stops with us. Um, It's simply to get some very qualified citizens, which which is done in many, many other localities, to provide us with that legal expertise or that financial expertise that, that many of us don't have as a, as a group on city council. So um, I 
I like the idea, obviously. I put it forward, and I'm hopeful that people will come out and support it. If you could just kind of speak a little bit on, if you could, the high-level overview on like who are the kind of people that you're looking for to be on this commission, partly because if anybody's interested, there's eventually going to be an appointment yeah, process be a, if it passes. There'll be yeah. an appointment process. Um, the reasoning behind my wording will appoint the chair and vice chair and for the expedience, because I'm not trying to kill any deal. I'm really just trying to get as much information and right. a shorter time period. So um, council would appoint the chair and vice chair, and they in turn would review the applicants. And there are... Um, specific qualifications and the legislation. We want people with experience in municipal projects and legal aspects. And we have a lot of retirees in the city who have worked on these types of things for Richmond and other localities or at the state level. So I would hope um, not just retirees, but people who have the amount of time to put in and the level of expertise and in, in any area it could be the um, housing piece because we're talking 3200 apartments in our downtown what does that look like and how do we how do we shoehorn that into this uh-huh. area and what will the impact be for will we need a new school people at Carver were asking are these are these students going to be zoned to our school and what will that look like will we be overcrowded will we have to build a new fire station or are they going to be high rises will we need more fire equipment that would we would need to handle a high rise or how does all this fit together so those are the kinds of things that that if you haven't done it you may not think to ask and that's why we are trying to pull together that expertise to give us some good advice on how to move forward. Well, thank you very much. Thank I you. appreciate you Thanks on the, on the reschedule me. in the Thanks snow. Grieving yeah. it. Snow and happy birthday. Thank you. <laughs> and now for something completely different. This young man is so talented, and it is my pleasure to introduce to you Ty Logan, who is 11th grader at Richmond Community High School, to bring remarks. Let's hear it for Ty.
therefore our future of theirs too. We demand the state to support us because we need our futures back. When we walk across the stage and cross the grave, we demand to have our futures back. Thank you. At this point, I would like to call up the vice chair of the Lynchburg City School Board and also representation of the Virginia School Board Association Southern Chair, Mr. Dr. James Coleman. Thank you so much, Mayor Stoney, Superintendent Cameron, School Board Chair Don Page. Today I rise having traveled with my school board colleague, Dr. Bob Brennan, 120 miles from Lynchburg, Virginia, because Richmond kids, Lynchburg kids, Virginia kids matter. We must commit to kids. Today I rise as the vice chair of our school board and the Virginia School Board Association Southern Region Chair because public education matters. For the Greek Stoic philosopher Epictetus said, only the educated are free. So ladies and gentlemen, as court is in session, public education is on the stand and the verdict of its support is still out. Here is the truth. Public schools have many mandates. State and federal governments do not provide funding appropriate to the mandate burden which we have to disproportionately share. So today we come to Martin Luther King Jr. Middle School on a march for more. And as King said, the fierce urgency of now is now. Now is the time to commit to our students. Now is the time for more. Together we can march together, children, until victory is won.
Thanks, listeners, for joining us today. You know how we end our shows. Flint still has dirty water. 
RPS is still not fully funded, and Richmond is still racist, but we're working on it. See y'all next week. Amen. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. right here on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond Independent Radio. As always, if you want to continue this conversation or start another, you can hit us up across all social media at RVA Dirt. It's your birthday Francesca! It's your birthday today! Francesca! Rock and roll and celebrate! Celebrate! We lose control and you cut the cake! Cut that the cake. night is yours! Destiny awaits! Always with me! toast with your closest mates! It's your birthday today! Francesca!